Welcome to the Poet and the Reader podcast. If you like chatting about all things bookish, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Shanice. And I'm Vina. Welcome back, everyone. We took a little bit of a break. <laughs> we did. Unintentionally. <laughs> we did. But, you know, life throws some curveballs and, um... Yeah, how are you, Shanice? I'm good. I just came back from vacation, which was the curveball. We Our schedules didn't align, and I had to go to Virginia for a best friend's baby shower. And so I'm, yeah, I'm back now, and it just feels like I need a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> I feel that. Well, I was bedridden. <laughs> I wasn't, oh, having, yes, that I wasn't too. having a good time. <laughs> you weren't. Um, how are you feeling? I'm feeling better. It was a weird time for a minute, but um, yeah, we're happy to be back. We missed everyone. <laughs> I miss talking to you about books. <laughs> I did too. I feel like there's so much that we have to discuss now that like, we're back together. I'm like, yeah. I have so much to tell you. Yeah. Uh, first, well, we should start off by thanking everyone who's listened to our podcast so far and for sticking around. Um, also, yes. we wanted to shout out three uh, podcasts that helped us out when we started. Um, if you want to tell them how we started, it was a little weird. We recorded like 10 times <laughs> trying to figure out the right way. <laughs> right. So what happened was I had COVID at the time. So when we wanted to record, I was still afraid to like be around people. So like we tried to record separately and I think we recorded like through our introduction three different times and like... <laughs> your internet was messing up at one time and then like there was like some weird background noise in the second time and so like we just couldn't get it right so this episode is our introduction 2.0 yes and i think we we got it down we figured it out (laughs) yes we Um, did (laughs) we want to thank uh the bookstore podcast the books the gaze podcast and books babes and bubbles that's a lot of bees going around there um, yeah, there's a lot yeah, of bees. They, they gave us great advice, and we really appreciate it. And you should check them out. We're going to tag them on Instagram so you can follow along. But yeah, we did it. Right. We're doing a little re-intro in this episode, but before we do that, <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the last book you read, Shanice? Oh, the last book? Let me tell you something. Mm. I read a five-star top-tier book, Stop. and I'm about to set y'all up. I'm about to set y'all up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is fairly early in the year, but I think this is going to be my favorite book of the year. I, I like hands down. I don't think like any book will compare to this book that I had just read. So this book is <laughs> Dawn by Octavia Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, so this book was just crazy. y'all. So it's a sci-fi book and I'm mostly going to be reading sci-fi because that's the focus in most of my classes. And um, so anyway, this is a trilogy. Um, the first book, uh, the first of the trilogy called Lilith's Brood, which um, one of my classes are um, done and I want to get... Um, yeah, so like this is a trilogy. Sorry, guys. This is a trilogy and like um, I want to get the next two books, but I can't right now because like school, you know? So the book followed the narrative of Lilith who wakes up 250 years after a nuclear war and she's on this alien ship and fairly quickly she finds out that the entire human race or at least what's left of it was saved by this alien race called the Onkali. When she meets the Ankali, she's disgusted by their physical appearance and had to sit for like six days. Um, and one of the Ankali that she meets, uh, she has to sit six days to get adjusted to like his physical presence so that she wouldn't be disgusted when she goes, when she's introduced to their society. She learns during this time that in total, she was awake for two years. So when she went to sleep, she was like 24 
and now she's 26. And at the time, like, they were studying her and other humans. And in 250 years, they cleaned up Earth, and Lilith's role is not only to be the first, um, is now to be the first um, person to lead the humans back to Earth. Um, but she's also the first to be a part of this trade system. So, like, what the Ankali do is, like, they save them. And so they, they, they're, like, gene traders. So they're taking her genes and they want to, like, um, they want to integrate their genes and, like, have kids. So they're going to be half human and half Ankali. Okay. I think I'm following. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's so weird because, like, they were like, oh, this is what this is like our payback. This is like, you know, this is your payback for us, like the price that you have to pay. But it's like we didn't ask you to save us. Hmm. Wow. Right. Did the rest of your class love it, too? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think everybody had like mixed feelings. Like at first I liked the Ankali because I was just like, wow, this is such an advanced, like, you know, alien race. And that's like really cool. You know, like they cleaned up the earth. But like then you learn like some of the things that they did, like they got rid of all of our ruins, like they cleaned up earth entirely. And like hum- and like animals that we knew as one are now different, like animals that you could eat now, like before you cannot eat now. They're like poisonous. And that goes for like plants and everything. Oh, gosh. Right. Cool. So like. <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but I just want to, like, I want people to pick up this book. But it really made you think about choice because the Ankali do some weird shit. And it's like, <laughs> they don't believe in faith. They kind of, like, know what the humans would want more or less. And they decide to do it without, like, consent. But it's like, oh, they their body wants this. But no, it's not. Like, you have to have consent, you know? So it, it's really cool. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And then... Like, so the other two books, mm-hmm. um, if in case you guys are wondering, mm-hmm. um, it's the point of view of her two descendants of her. So it's not about her. So this is about, like, her descendants, which I thought was really cool, too. Cause then well, you I was going to ask like, you if it's part of a series, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it's, the, mm-hmm. it's the first in a series, so there's three books in it. So, like, the second book is, um, well, the two books are descendants. I don't really know much about it. But you will hear about it when I pick it up. <laughs> what did you last read, V? Um, okay, so I almost finished two books, but I'm, I'm oh. not going to mention the one that I DNF because that's part of a discussion we're going to have later. Oh, yes. But um, I finished Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby. Have you heard of Samantha Irby? No. Okay, Is there so a book that I would have read, like I have read before? Uh, probably not. So she's a comedian, author, and blogger, and she writes for the TV show Shrill on Hulu. I don't know if you've heard okay. of it. No. Um, but it's a book of essays, a book of humor essays. Um, and we read it for a book club at the bookstore. And I don't know, for a humor book, I didn't do a lot of laughing. Oh. <laughs> so it was very, it was very like, it's, okay, so it's someone who's depressed but trying to make fun of her depression, if that makes okay. any sense. It's one of those books. Right. And there's like a whole chapter of her going, sure, sex is great, but... And Oof. you're just reading the sentence over and over and over again with jokes. And it's just like, I, mm, it wasn't for me at all. Was it the repetition um, that had you kind of like, oh, this is just oh, too yeah. much? Oh, yeah. And I was, doing, okay. I was doing an audiobook, too. So you keep hearing this and it was just her voice was bothering me and oh, it was not working out. Um, and there's a whole other chapter going, hello, 911, I have an mm-hmm. emergency, and it's like a funny joke, but she says it over and over again. Okay. Um, 
so yeah this book um it wasn't for me the book club yeah. agreed with me thankfully <laughs> everyone was like oh this this is really tough to get through um which is interesting because essays you can kind of pick up and put down and um they don't really follow or like each other if that makes any mm-hmm. sense um but yeah she has a few books out um you might have heard of them but would you try her again would you try another book ah uh, no not okay. willingly <laughs> that's fair that's fair not willingly um there's another book that i started and i did not finish but Ooh, i will discuss what was that it? later Oh, oh, later? Yeah, okay, okay, that's fine. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, talking about repetition, I wanted to say very quickly yeah. that Dominicana by Andrew Cruz, I told you last time that Cass didn't really like that book. And I got mm-hmm. it wrong. She was upset because she really did like that book. It was uh, with The Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo that she didn't really like. Oh, we got to set the record straight here. <laughs> right, we do. And we it was because of the repetition. I don't Because you didn't read it before. No. No, you didn't read it. So, like, um, it, she has, like, this repetition where she keeps saying baby girl. And I, I found it annoying, too, but I kind of, like, oh. I pushed through it. But in the very yes. beginning, she just says it, like, every other sentence. It's like, baby girl, baby mm. girl, baby girl. And I'm just like, oh, right, we get no, it. Just say she. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah. yeah. So that's, like, it was a good story. But, like, that part would just turn people off to it. Or turn, like, me and her both off to it. But I finished it. Mm-hmm. I think she did. And we have to pick up. I'm so excited. Right. Right. (laughs) And what are you currently reading? So I'm still reading Harry Potter and the Prison of Azkaban. That's going to be my sentence. (laughs) Yes, that's going to be my answer every week until I finish reading this this book. (laughs) I just haven't had. Yes, I am. So, like, Mm. um, I am still reading um, Wicked Weeds by um, by Pedro Caballa. And so, like, when I have first talked about this book, um, I didn't really go into detail about it. And it's not until, like, I'm, like, halfway through it. I think it's a really good book. So what I didn't, like, I didn't read the, 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 um, the warning in the, in the first, like, you know how, like, you have a foreword or something, like, when you first open up the book? I skipped that. I skipped, like, the... Is this a zombie book? Yes, it is. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, Pedro Caballa, Caballa, he was born in Puerto Rico and he lives in the United, he lived in like the United States and Spain and Haiti and now he lives in DR, which I didn't really get into last time, but this book actually takes place between Dominican Republic and Haiti. Ooh. Right. It's not an easy read, but it's really interesting and the setup is like weird, but in the way that I like. Mm-hmm. So, like I said before, when I first opened this book, I just skipped over the warning of this book and the table of contents. Um, But there's two different ways that you could read it. So there's four different narratives of the story. And the first is a transcript of an interrogation, like someone has died and then you find out throughout the text. Um, But you don't know, um, you don't know who the second is in the perspective of the doctor. Mm -hmm. He's a zombie. So like, you didn't know that until like, well, I guess he says it, but I don't know. You don't know. I guess it's like a question of like, you don't know if he's a zombie or if he's like, he's not a zombie, you know? Mm, yeah. And then he's like, he's like the most philosophical zombie I ever met. <laughs> like he's just, I never met, <laughs> I haven't met a zombie, but like you if met, I ever met zombies? one, I've met on, one zombie. On. <laughs> he's the first one <laughs> and he's philosophical. So the bar is really high. <laughs> um, mm. So the third is a scientist. Um, her name is Isabella um, Bellamy. And she's Dominican and Haitian. 
And then the third are her field journals. And then in that section, we also learn about her cousin who's Haitian and how she would go to DR and her aunt would treat her like a servant. So the two ways that you can read it is straight through. And that's four different sections. The author's recommendation of this reading is the order is, is an order in which he says in like the table of contents. So like the table of contents is not, I know this is very confusing. So the table of contents <laughs> is not like the, the chapter one, like it doesn't go in order. It goes in the way that he wants you to read the book. Oh, that's so cool. Right. So the reading oh, order that he wants you to read it is like all the trans transcripts first and then the zombie doctor section and then Isidore section and then her field journals last. So like this, this book was really interesting because like it's an intersection between science and magic and it also talks about history and also like folklore. And so like it also talks about like political and like the, the social, um, like the social aspects of Haitians and Dominicans. So it's really good. Mm -hmm. wow. I'm also reading. very interesting. <laughs> oh, oh, what else are you reading? Yes. I'm also reading uh, Shadow Shaper. And so this one is about um, Sierra who's uh, Puerto Rican and she lives in Brooklyn. It's really cool because you get to see like the, um, you get to see like gentrification and like she lives in a certain neighborhood that's not gentrified yet. And then you get to see her like walking around like, you know, Brooklyn and stuff. Um, but this is a sci-fi novel as well. It's a YA, a young mm. adult. And it's a part of the Shadow Cipher um, series. And this is by Danielle Jose Older. So um, it's really interesting because it takes the folklore of like shadow shaping, which I never heard of before, but it's like a Puerto Rican folklore that you would like uh, shadow shape like these spirits and mm -hmm. and like into artwork and like storytelling and stuff like that. So I have I've read half of the book and it's really good. Um, it also talks about like race and class like race in like uh, Puerto Rican and culture and like dating someone who's darker than you because her love interest is Haitian and like her aunt is very um like racist and she says some like really derogatory things but you get mm -hmm. to see how like Sierra breaks that down and it's just like no we're not doing that you know so it's really interesting yeah. how about you what are you reading now I feel um, like whenever we do this section I'm like I'm going on forever and then I'm just like <laughs> okay what are you reading because <laughs> I'm always reading multiple books at a time well I'm gonna surprise you I am reading two books right now <laughs> get out of here guys write this down write this down she is uh, reading two is, books right now the making right here <laughs> um okay so well I'm kind of cheating because one of them is an audiobook but it, I'm reading uh, Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo, and I am loving it. So I the reason I picked it up as an audiobook is because she just won the Best Audi Award, which is given mm. to audiobooks. Um, and I can tell that she deserved it because she's no one can read it like her because she does verse so well. Um, so it's a novel told in verse, and it's about two girls, Camino Rios and Yahaira Rios. So Camino lives in DR, and she, um, from what I've gotten so far, she's waiting for her dad to come from New York to visit her in DR because he comes for her birthday, I think, every year. Yeah. Um, but when she gets to the airport, she sees everyone crying, and she doesn't know what's going on. Um, come to find out that it's about the plane crash that happened in 2001, a real plane crash that happened, um, where a plane from JFK was going to DR, and it obviously crashed and everyone 
died there was like 200 deaths which is crazy and it happened like was it the same year as 9 11 Janice? yes you know? it was yes i don't know insane. if it happened before or after but i know that like a 9 11 kind of like the the news of that kind of covered up like that yeah right it wasn't as, as covered um and then yahaira rios is in new york city and she's called into the principal's office and her mother is waiting for her to tell her that her father has died in this plane crash so it's a secret that's going on that both of them share a dad and they don't know that they do um so that's as far as i've gotten and i'm not spoiling it because it's in the in the description but that's what's going on um it happened sorry it happened november 12 2001 and it was a number mm -hmm. 260 deaths i just looked it up real quick okay yeah um and no one how do i explain it but when i when i'm reading her books she describes dr so well and it feels like i'm there again it's so crazy um right so yeah i'm really into it it's very emotional um but there's two narrators there's elizabeth acevedo does yahaira's voice and then another um, narrator does Camino's voice. And I love I, that her name is Camino. It's so cool. It's why like is Road. that so cool? Road is her name. Camino oh. is a road. Mm-hmm. And then Rios is River. River Road. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't I even get that because you know, like I don't, uh, you know, I don't speak Spanish, but I wouldn't have. <laughs> I, and yeah. I don't, I don't think like I thought about that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I'm reading that, and I'm also reading the book that you picked out for me on the last episode, which is The House in the Cerulean Sea by oh, T.J. Yes. Um I barely got into it, um, but it's pretty How interesting so far. It gives me a lot of um, Matilda vibes. Like, there's this mm. little girl that can elevate stuff and has magic, and um, but that's as far as I've gotten. I've heard great things about it. You know, I've always wanted to LGBTQ read Matilda. LGBTQ representation. What happened? I said, I've always wanted to read Matilda. Yeah, I've never read a Roald Dahl book. We should think. read that together at one point. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, let's do it. And then watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Uh, do you have any books in your TBR for April? I can't believe it's going to be April already me neither and then so like uh, my goddaughter the uh, my best friend she's having a baby and she's supposed to be born in um in late april uh yeah. slash early may yeah and so like when we were doing like the little games um it, she asked for like her delivery date now i forgot her delivery date because or her due date because she mm -hmm. had told me like i talk to my best friend every day so i know like i forgot at that moment but i put like whenever she feels like it because right now she's the type of baby that does whatever she wants so like i'm like <laughs> she might come like the last week of april and i'll be like off to virginia but mm. it, it feels like it like april got here so quickly like march was really just a, like i dreaded going into march because i was just like oh my god like it's been a year since covid like that's all i kept thinking <laughs> i was just like what's gonna happen in march this March, mm -hmm. so I don't know, but yeah, April is coming. It still feels 2020-ish to me. <laughs> yeah, except like, you get to go outside more. Weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people are still surprised they have to wear masks. Um, when we were in Maryland, this guy—I'm sorry, I'm just talking about my road trip. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, when we were in Maryland, this guy—we were—we stopped at the Maryland house to go to Dunkin' Donuts, and this guy was online, like a, a bunch. It was like six in the morning. Everybody had masks on, but this guy, right? Mm. So he goes up to the counter, and she's just like, "Hey, no mask, no service." And he was like, 
but you have the thing there. And I'm just like, guy, mm. put, like, it is 2021. Put on a mask. And he was, like, oh, upset yeah. that he was like, oh, I'll put it on if you give me one. Like, first of all, why don't you have a mask? <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, like, I know There's that I have... That one guy. Anyway, books that I want to read in April. So I want to yeah. finish reading Prison of Azkaban. <laughs> Please, finish it so you can do the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I want to read mostly poetry because um, April is um, Napol Raimo. Mm-hmm. So I want to definitely finish. Um, I want to start reading like more poetry because that's how I get inspired to do more poetry is if I read it. Um, right. But I do want to read Dominicana by Angie Cruz because I had started it but didn't finish it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want to read that for April. How about you? Nice. Um, I need to read Kindred by Octavia Butler for a book oh, club. Yes. And I also want to pick up The Death of Vivek Oji. And I'm going to try to say the author's name, but it is very difficult. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so it's Agwaki Amezi, I want to say. Okay. Um, so she also won an award for her audiobook. And when I read the description, I'm like, okay, I have to read this. So it's... um. Okay, so one afternoon in a town in southeastern Nigeria, a mother opens her front door to discover her son's body wrapped in colorful fabric at her feet. What follows is a tumultuous, heart-wrenching story of one family's struggle to understand a child whose spirit is both gentle and mysterious. And that's all it gives you. (laughs) But I read the first page, and yeah, I read the first page, and I'm like, okay, this is a book that I I need to read. And I heard it's very emotional, and I, I think I need an emotional read. Um, I also need to read Dominicana because I borrowed a copy from my sister. Okay. <laughs> and she's like, you have to read it. So I'm going to try to do that in April. I would say we could try to read it together, but I'm in school. So I don't know how long it's going to take yeah. me to like read it. So I want you to, I want you to do that yourself, yeah. like yourself. And I'm also a moody <laughs> reader. Like it depends on what mood I'm in that I'm going to pick it up. So. Right. And also we had said in the first episode that we were going to read Severance together by Ling Ma. Ooh, we, we say right. a lot of things. We, say a lot of- we do say a lot of things, and I think I'm reading it this month, so... Ooh, okay, okay. I heard yeah, I'm going to double-check my syllabi, my syllabus, <laughs> and I will let you know. Okay. All right, boom. So, you know, this is Introduction 2.0, so, like, we're going to start off, like, introducing ourselves. We're doing this really backwards, so this is the yeah. fourth episode, and we're going to tell you who we are. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we we kind of glossed over that in the first episode because we recorded it so many times that we were like, we're rehearsed, we're saying the same things over and over. So we just gave it time for us to come back and do it again. (laughs) Right. I would rather like just gloss over our introduction in the first like few episodes and then like do it when we were ready than give you a shitty episode. So that's basically what we did. Word, word. Um, all right, so who are you? <laughs> I was gonna hit you with the question first. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm like, wait, wait, let me let me jump ahead. You was like, nah, racket, like we're playing tennis. You like, you go. <laughs> so you served me, Ivy. I got you. Okay. So I am a half Puerto Rican, half Dominican poet. I am an English major at Queens College. And I'm excited because I do graduate next semester and hopefully going for my master's degree after. I work as a barista and um, now just for now and as I'm in school um, and I write and sometimes I get published. Do you have siblings? 
Yes, I have a little sister. Her name is Kiana. She goes to school at Mary Baldwin University. She is, I think she's a junior. Any pets? I do. I I'm have just a, throwing questions. Yeah, like you just saw like, you. damn, I didn't write this in my intro. <laughs> uh, I have, I have technically have three, uh, three pets. So I have a dog that lives with me and her name is Negra. Huge dog. <laughs> huge. She's a huge dog. Mm-hmm. And, um... I have a I have two cats. Um, one is Buttons and one is Mittens. And Mittens is like a cat that I bought. I got cast for our anniversary last year. I love their names. They're so cute. Yeah. So like I wanted to name him at first. Like we thought about it later because he he's black and then he has like white paws. So like after we named him because we were just like trying to name him and she said she wanted a a name that like went along with um Buttons because she had her previously so she was like I want names that match like each other or like go along with each other and so like later on we thought about naming him Socks for Socrates <laughs> and we were just gonna name him Socks as like a like a nickname yeah oh that's so cute any more questions you're gonna throw at me v? no 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 <laughs> you're good <laughs> no I'm good yeah okay yeah, yeah. cool uh I guess it's my turn <laughs> So yes, I it is your am, turn. Who are you, V? I'm a dog mom to Luna. She's a greyhound. I adopted her two years ago. She's a very long-legged model because I always take pictures of her. And she has her own Instagram. Um, <laughs> I am the third of four <laughs> siblings. And we are 100% Dominican, all of us. And I also co-own a bookstore in Queens, New York, which I've mentioned before. And it's called Q and Willow. And I am the reader of this podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. I am the poet. Yeah. Also, my sister is half Puerto Rican and half black. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you get to see her in your trip? Yeah, she came down. Um, my stepfather oh, went to pick her up, and then we all just spent a lot of time together. We watched movies, and it was really cool. Nice. And where did you grow up? Yes, I was going to ask you the same question, like talking about me going back home. Uh, So I grew up in Brooklyn and Queens until I was 11 and I moved to VA where I got into slamming. And I moved back to New York when I was like 19, about a year after my mom died. And I fell off the face of the slamming community. I just needed a break. And it was like an interesting journey, like to my to where I am now and these last few years it didn't always make sense but everything ended up falling into place um a long time ago I wanted to mention this but a long time ago I saw this post um and it was like sometimes it takes 10 years to get that one year to change your life and that literally happened to me Mm. I was so lost for so long like I knew what I wanted but something crazy always happened and things would just fall apart and then in and then in 2019 I was in school to be like a radiology tech and my girl was like stop you hate this go into writing and I was so scared bro because I was like what if I fail and she's like but what if you don't we we will figure it out and she was like I got you and so um she said go for my dreams and then boom everything just fell into place almost like I was afraid of it working out like that's why it took me so long to get here and um yeah. she is sometimes you be your own worst enemy bro like <laughs> <laughs> i agree i agree how about you v where did you grow mm-hmm. up Let, tell us this story i like want to know because like Oof. you told me but you didn't tell me you know <laughs> where to start um okay so i was born here um 
pretty much lived in every borough. So we lived in Manhattan, Brooklyn, then we moved to Long Island. And from Long Island, we moved to DR when I was around five or six, I wanna say. Um, and then we stayed in DR until I was 12. Um, but yeah, I would say I grew up and most of my upbringing was in DR. Um, we moved a lot when we were in DR, but we stayed in the same, same town. Um, I went to an all-girls nun <laughs> teacher school, so it's a Catholic That's school. That's my dream, bro. Um, you just was living my... <laughs> <laughs> you was just living my dream. Oh, shoot. I didn't expect that. <laughs> um, yeah, like, across the street was the all-boys school, so it was very, Boom. like... Yeah, it was very... Um, but, yeah, my... I would say my years in DR shaped me a lot as a person that I am today, and... Um, People are shocked that I'm Dominican because I'm a quiet Dominican. <laughs> you are. But I would I would say it's, it's the way that I was raised and also, like, I know how it is to live with no electricity. We used to have, like, freaking candles uh, during the night. Um, I know what it's like to live with, like, no water for a while or, like, cold water all the time. So I feel like, I don't know, that's kind of shaped me a lot and made me appreciate once i got here i was like whoa there's electricity all the time it doesn't go out <laughs> like remember that year when it went out in new york and everyone was freaking out yeah like, this is this is not, <laughs> you're like this is much. normal bro at least it don't go out once a day yeah. i like I, I stayed in dr mm -hmm. for like two like a month or two months something like that i don't remember like i was really young I think I was like, a, that was just before I moved to VA. And let me tell you, the culture shock. Because I was like, yeah, electricity turns off. And you know, I'm, I'm like mm -hmm. a kid, you know, I'm just like, yeah. what? And then like, it, yeah, the, it was only cold water. And I was like, I can't do this because I can't take a bath in cold water. <laughs> I was like, I was so privileged. I, Sometimes we would like heat up some water if it was too cold. Yes, that's what they the did. Stove. That's what I did mostly. And then I would like yeah. take a bath. Like, I hate cold water, like taking a shower in cold water, but like I took a bath in the river. Yeah. What sense does that make? Oh, nice. <laughs> what sense does that make? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lived I lived in the mountains and we had a lot of rivers, so I wasn't like by the beachside right. um, that tourists usually think about when they think about DR. Um, but yeah, I was very close to my grandparents who lived out there, so it was really nice to have that. Um, yeah, do you have questions about it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, did you have pets out there? Um, we had chickens. My grandpa, who lived more in uh, closer to the mountain, had like a whole farm, so he had cows and pigs. Um, I never had like a dog, dog like I do now. I always asked for one, but I was never getting one. <laughs> um, but then we have street dogs over there, right. so it's kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like your dog, but not really. Um, yeah. So uh, this is a question. Did you, when you moved to DR, did you know, did you like, were you fluent enough in Spanish? No, I had to take classes. Wow. Um, so right before getting into school, we would, every afternoon we would go to someone's house who would teach us Spanish. Um, and then in my, in my school, most of the students were people who also moved from New York to of my town so i was still speaking english in, in class in school okay um yeah so and then we moved back to new york when i was 12 and 
we stayed in New York for like a year and a half, and then we moved to Florida, which is very random. That's so I didn't know this um, about you. What what part did you move? Yeah, what? I I lived in Orlando for a year. I feel like every Spanish person, every like Hispanic or Latino person I know has lived in Orlando <laughs> <laughs> for a summer for like a random reason <laughs> or something. Yeah, so so we lived there for a year. We came back to New York. No, actually, did we come back to New York? We went back to DR for one more year, and then we came back to New York. Um, and then I did college here, and yeah, that's pretty much my upbringing in a nutshell. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's intense. I've moved a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't move that much. Like I moved to, I, I like grew up in Brooklyn, but we lived in Queens, and then like I moved to Virginia, and that was like the end. Like my dad had always like said, "I'm gonna send you in DR to DR for like two years so you can learn Spanish," and I'm just like. <laughs> okay, my mom would never let that happen, and she didn't. <laughs> yeah, and like we still have dirt roads, and it's just very—it's a simple life up there. Right, I kind of miss it. <laughs> yeah, what um, where was your favorite place to read when you were a kid? My favorite place to read as a kid, um, I would yeah. read. Um, I was a weird kid, bro. Like. I'm just gonna say this now. Like you're gonna hear me say something, and you're like, hit me, hit me. It can't get any worse. <laughs> so I was, I would read in like random places in my house or the floor. I feel like reading books awkwardly is equivalent to like kids on tablets now. Like you ever seen a kid on a tablet? Oh my god, it's... that's such a good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the they be in the that's weirdest so positions. Like I saw one TikTok where this guy was like sitting next to a kid, and this kid's body is contorted on the couch. Mm-hmm. And when the guy turns, this kid's uh-huh. ass was in his face. So, like, oh that's how gosh. I read books. Okay. <laughs> I feel like. Speaking of TikTok, we're on TikTok now, yes. guys. Follow us. <laughs> Poet and, and Reader is our username, so. I love TikTok. Me too. I could watch it for hours. I, I can too. How about you? What did you read as a kid? What was your favorite place to read as a kid? Um. Okay, so. I would read undercovers with the flashlight because I didn't have like I used to share a room with my sister right um so I would put my covers like over me and use a flashlight or like when iPods started being iPods I would use like an iPod light um but yeah that's what I used to read the most um so (laughs) I used to wake up like at noon Mm -hmm. or even later and everyone's like why are you waking up so late? And I'm like, I would stay up reading until like one or two in the morning. As a kid. <laughs> and I was like, you're so lazy. You're always sleeping. And I'm like, uh, I, I hate when people I do you that. I know that I read. I, like. I hate when people do that because like actually like teenagers or like preteens, kids, they need a lot of sleep. So like when people are like, oh, you're yeah. lazy. Like, no, I, I just need 10 hours of sleep. What the fuck? Like that is what, yeah. you know, that is recommended. <laughs> By somebody, I don't know who, but it's recommended by some scientists <laughs> that said that I need to sleep for ten hours. If I knew that growing up, I would have been like saying that to my parents. <laughs> right. But then get right. it knocked out because I said that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what type of books do you read? Um, I read mostly fiction, and sometimes I throw a dash of true crime. In the mix. <laughs> a little cry, a little um, sprinkle of it. A, l- a little dash of true crime. Um, but yeah, mostly fiction. Um, I also pay attention to like what wins awards. So if there's something nonfiction that wins an award, I'm like, okay, I'll try it just to see what the hype is about. Um, poser. No, I'm just kidding. It's my choice. I usually. Huh? I said poser. I was like, no, I'm just kidding. 
A little bit, a little bit. Uh, no, I just like to see what the hype is. I don't do bestseller list. I do like awards. Okay. I don't know why. Um, so as far as like what genres I read, I read a lot of different genres. Um, more recently, I've read. Um, I've like noticed how much I liked historical fiction, but not just any historical fiction. I think it has to be a time period I'm interested in, not like those, like British ones, you know, like those yeah. boring mm-hmm. British British ones. I don't <laughs> like you know it has to interest me. So, um, but I love poetry, mm-hmm. biographies, fiction, fantasy, LGBTQIA. If it if it's LGBTQIA. Like it, like a chance of it, I'll read it. Like it doesn't matter what the fuck it is. It could be a British boring historical fiction, I'll read it. Um, if a book is good or like you know seems interesting, I'll read it. Um, there's not a genre I wouldn't read. I also um, give books three different chances. So like if I don't finish it or I get bored of it, I put it down and then I'll move on to it again. Except for like like one book, which I'll talk about it later. Compared to the books you read as a kid, what are the favorites now, if you could compare them? Um, I don't think I had a favorite genre. I just read what was interesting. I will say, mm-hmm. looking back now when I was a kid, sci-fi and fantasy wasn't my first choice. I would always lean more towards fiction right. or biographies, or even poetry. Um, it's probably why I never finished the Harry Potter series, because... Uh, you know like I feel like I'm making connections on this podcast as an adult um so like and now I would re- I'm now more open to reading sci-fi and fantasy I don't know why I like I had sci-fi and fantasy books I just never finished them as a kid I just I just yeah, yeah. how about you for me I would say it was really weird because like in high school I used to pick up what I would call now like airport reads so I didn't know how to find books or like books that I would like what the hell is an airport read let me explain oh okay (laughs) so you know how in the airport they have like these mass market like thrillers and stuff that people just pick up to read on the plane so I would pick up Dan Brown do you remember Dan Brown Angels and Demons and the Da Vinci Code yeah I would eat those up wow (laughs) that's so not my taste now which is crazy you're so Um, bougie with your taste too (laughs) (laughs) I would read all of Jodi Picoult wow i read one book by her i read like most of her books that's crazy i i had no idea how to pick books i would just be like okay this is at target this is at like i didn't know where to go for books you know right and then i read nicholas sparks like this is not who i am as a person (laughs) (laughs) that is so i would read that like i was reading before goodreads okay like i didn't know where to find stuff right no no that's fair no wonder you've never seen yourself in a book. You're picking up these books. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I have no clue. And then Sarah Dessen was one of the teen writers that I used to read. Right. Um, but I feel like now I have definitely a more understanding of what I like to read. And I know how to find books now. So I feel right. like that's the switch that's been made. Like, I, I don't pick up these authors anymore because I know they're not, they're not really books that really call to me or that I can relate to um right but yeah it's it's very it's a 180 how different I read back then than I do now so thinking Um, about all that what was your favorite childhood book like I guess when you started reading because you started reading really at 12 so like what is yeah um so I say this almost in every episode but it's it's still Harry Potter who got into reading that's fair um yeah so I would say that what about you 
Um, so because I, I started reading, um, like young, I guess, you know, so, um, I love the Mar Marvin Red Post series by Louis Satcher. It's a series mm -hmm. of children's books. I don't know. Cause we never had it at Barnes and Nobles where we worked. And I was like, why don't we have any like Marvin Red Post? They were so good. <laughs> so, um, I was still yeah, reading them. Heard of them. Yeah. So like, I was still reading them even when I was older. Cause I had a little sister. And um, so, like, she yeah. she got to yeah, pass them down to her, but I really was taking them to read them. So it followed this boy named Marvin Redpost. He's in the third grade, and he was imaginative and got into a bunch of stuff. And it's, like, kind of like the Judy B. Jones, but a boy older version of her. And this was before. Like, this um, Marvin Redpost came before Judy B. Jones. Mm. So there was to love Jenny B. Jones. <laughs> yo, like I love her too. She's sassy. That's my girl. She's so funny. <laughs> she is. And so was Marvin. So like I liked him. So I'm gonna tell you about one of the books. It was called Kidnapped at Birth. And so mm -hmm. um he like he never felt like he fit into his family and which I think a lot of kids struggle with, but he took it a like a step further. He saw this report about a missing royal member who looked just like him and he thinks he was kidnapped at birth. And I was actually searching the... <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. He's just... I don't know. He was okay. this guy. So um, I was actually searching the books recently because when I moved to New York, I didn't take all my books with me. I mean, mind you, I moved by myself. Like, I was packing bags, and for two years straight, I was going back and forth between Virginia and New York, New York and bringing my stuff here. They changed the cover of it. Like, I, I looked it up, and, they and I hate it. I was just like, no, like, bring back the old covers. I hate when they do that. Nobody asked. <laughs> But um, I think I like Marvin Repulse because he was so dramatic and girl, I'm all about the drama. Like I love me some some cheese man, some bonchichera. You know, I love me that shit. So like Marvin Repulse, <laughs> he was about it, girl. He would get into so much stuff. I'm like, I need to read more. <laughs> Did you have a favorite place to write when you started? So I read, I, I'm sorry, I didn't read. I wrote in the bathroom. I don't know why, but I wrote Wait, in the bathroom. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> I wrote in the bathroom. Not when I was using it, or maybe sometimes when I was using it, I guess. Like, um, but I would write in the half bathroom um, downstairs because I, I, I always lived, like, so growing up, I had a, a fairly bigger house, like, when I moved to Virginia. Like, that motherfucker had an upstairs and a downstairs, and it was, like, all mm. ours. So, like, now I live in a house where it's a three-family home and it belongs to everybody, you know? But when I lived with my mom and Marcus, we always had houses that just belonged to us. Like, we always, like, lived as a nuclear family instead of, like, as opposed to, like, my Dominican family where we live, like, all of us live in a house, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, so I wrote in the half bathroom and I wrote in the kitchen, on the floor, or in my room. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I would write in the weirdest places <laughs> or read in the weirdest places, I guess. Like we had like a family room that we couldn't go. We couldn't go. We couldn't like sit in. It wasn't, it was a family room, but like family room when you're in trouble or family room when like guests are over and it didn't have a TV or anything like that. And I would read on the floor there, but I couldn't bring any food in there. I couldn't do anything. And that goes for my dining room table too, that we never, we never ate on unless there was like a special occasion. Um, we had a kitchen. Oh, yeah. yeah, like we had a kitchen like, wait. right. We had a kitchen table thing where we would sit. It's like our family room was like, we had no plastic on the, the couches, but if we could, my mom would probably put some plastic on that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. If it didn't clash with her, like, because my mom was a very like 
uh, like a decorative person. Like she loves fashion and, and stuff like that. So our house was very like, had a lot of decor in it. So like if mm-hmm. it went with the decor, like if she wasn't such a, like a fashionista, she probably would have put plastic on the couch to keep us from dirtying it. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Like Cass's grandma still has plastic on the couch. Them shits is white still. Cause like <laughs> <laughs> them couches are probably older than Cass and like, <laughs> oh my God. they're still they white cause the plastic. <laughs> That plastic is gray and like dirty, but not her couch. <laughs> is there any book that you haven't been able to finish and why? Okay, so remember in the beginning of this episode where I said I, I almost read two books this month? Yes. <laughs> so the one that I had to DNF, which is, means did not finish, is This Is How You Lose a Time War, which someone on this podcast picked out for me. <laughs> to be fair, you picked it out of two motherfuckers, I so know, don't blame me. <laughs> but I, I love blaming you, it's fun. Um, okay, so this book just wasn't meant for me. The authors were like, I could tell they were having fun writing this book and like confusing right. people. Um, so I gave it up to like page 60, and I even got the audiobook. I really tried. And I don't think I don't think I'm gonna be able to finish it. I put it down already, so I'm not gonna. Are you not it. gonna give it a second chance? Like maybe six I, months I later. Maybe maybe six months later, or maybe later okay. in a year. Um, it's just like it could be so cool, and the premise is so cool, but they're doing something like they're writing for each other, and you can right. kind of tell. Which I think you brought up when I when we picked this out. Um, some of the sentences are so beautiful, but they don't go well together. It's just, it could have been awesome. Um, right. And then the other book that I haven't been able to finish is The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa. So this, this was so exciting for me. Like when I picked it up, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be so much fun because it's about an island where objects are disappearing. So like. Wow. First hats disappear, then ribbons, then birds, then roses. Like you're you're reading this and you're like, oh, this is gonna be so interesting. Right. Um so people don't once an object disappears, people forget them. Like they're not in your memory anymore. Wow. Um I know, it sounds so cool, but as I'm reading it, I just couldn't like connect with the with the characters and it just felt like very stale to me. Right. And in the middle of the book, suddenly we're in somebody else's point of view that we've never met. And that was kind of off-putting. Um, right. I know they're going to make a movie out of it, so maybe if I see the movie, I'll understand it more. But I just couldn't... I, I When I read a book, I want to feel for the characters, and I just didn't for this one. It felt like very robotic sometimes. The way they acted and the way they talked to each other was very dry. Um... Yeah, that sounds like such a cool concept too. Like I know, like I want someone else to take that concept and write it (laughs) because that's so cool. It's right. That sounds so cool. Mm -hmm. What about you? So um, I did not finish, and I will never read Clockwork Mm -hmm. Orange by Anthony Burgess. And so, like, so many things about this. I've never read it though. Right. So here's the thing. 
it's just so violent and I couldn't mm. stomach it and I don't know if you ever well you didn't read it so like um but he changes the language so they're like different words in, in place of like things it's in place of like the violence there's different mm. words he doesn't say like oh he murders somebody he says it in a different way you know so um yeah like I'm and they make up their own language like it, it's just it's way it's different and I, I understand, like, the concept plot. I think that it's, like, a really great book, but it's not mm-hmm. for me. Like, I cannot read it. I can't finish it. So, I'm the same way with movies. If there's, like, mindless violence or, like, careless uh, violence, like, there's no reason for it, I tend to just, like, close my eyes or, like, go... Like, I love, like, I love... This is coming from somebody who loves, like, forensic files and, like, murder documentaries. But, like, when it comes to, like like movies I can't watch gory things like remember Mm -hmm. we had watched uh, Nocturnal Animals together you remember that movie oh my god yeah I closed my eyes during some of that movie because I couldn't watch like the women getting like assaulted I just can't watch I can't Uh, stomach it so like there's a lot of of that that goes on in Clockwork Orange and I just couldn't I couldn't I couldn't Mm -hmm. like I cried and I'm just like I don't even Mm -hmm. understand why I'm crying but I just couldn't like Mm -hmm. sit down and read it yeah so so the second book that I um I couldn't finish it um finish was Carrie by Stephen King and here's the thing mm. I was on the last two fucking chapters of that book and I left it on the bench at the Forest Hills train station catching the E train <laughs> to Jamaica and I was so mad I just never picked it up again I was oh, no. so pissed yeah but were I was you like, into it yes that's uh, yeah like I literally oh. just put it down for a second and then like my train came and I was like oh. Or you know what I think happened? I think I put it down because my train was coming. And instead of putting it in my bag, I just left it on the bench next to me. So like whoever took my book, like I know somebody took it. Like I didn't even I didn't even go back either. I was just like, it's gone. Like it's a train (laughs) station and it's Forest Hills. Like somebody took that. (laughs) Yeah, it's in the past. I need to like I like because then my thing is like if I pick it up again i have to reread it because i'm just it's so much time that has passed so at least it's a short book i think so it wouldn't be too bad yeah i guess but like i was i'm still mad about that that happened like (laughs) seven years ago i'm still pissed off about it oh was it during our bn days yes it was that's why i was yeah i just got off of work which by the way that's how we met i don't think we we even share that (laughs) did we ever say that yes we met (laughs) we do we have it I don't know. Oh, okay. So we met at Barnes and Nobles um, 10 years ago. Damn, and 10 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's been 10 years, almost 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah, it has to well, be. Well, I'm, tw- I'm still 24, so I don't know how long ha- time has. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had just came to New York, so I was like uh, 19 or 18 when I met Vina. Vina's actually the first person that bought me a drink. Or mm. the second person who bought me a drink when I turned 21. Yeah. Our friend group, like, our friend group, they, they have changed me so much. Um, and they've, they've been, like, monumental in my life. So it was really interesting mm. in my adult life. Yeah. Like, and then, like, uh, when I got to the age that you guys, when you met me, I was like, wow. Like, I was probably, like, a little shit because I was, like, the always the youngest. I still am. Yeah, you yes. are. Oh, you yeah. are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still 24, guys. So, you know, if anybody asks. I don't know. I feel like working at BN was like a turning point for a lot of us. Yeah, it was. You know? Um, 
Yeah, we were still friends with a lot of people from there. We still talk like almost daily with people from there. Um, yes. Yeah. Not to it say was like, crazy. well, let me not tr- let me not talk about it on BN. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's just you know what I will say that it's not it it is it it wasn't the best job that I ever had, but it was yeah. the best job I ever had. <laughs> I love that. that. That describes it perfectly. Yeah, I met lifelong friends. Like, I'm still friends with... And, she, like, that was one of those moments, like, I guess when you're young and then you work with somebody who's much older than you, but they become your best friend. Like, Margaret is my best mm-hmm. friend. Can nobody Aww. tell me nothing? Can nobody oh, tell I me nothing that. about Margaret? <laughs> yeah, like, nothing, <laughs> nobody could tell me nothing about Margaret. I remember, like, working there and, and like, she said on the days that I didn't work because, you know, like, she couldn't bend down and, like, get the bottom mm-hmm. shelves. And, like, I told yeah. everybody, I said, bro, if I hear that Margaret bent down and took care of her shelves herself, I'm going mm-hmm. off on y'all. And so, like, Aww. she said that, like, every day, they'd be like, okay, you get the top shelves, I'll get the bottom shelves. And, you know, we weren't supposed to do that at BN. We were supposed to cover half the floor, and the other person was supposed to cover half the floor. Yeah, yeah. But me and Margaret, I put it so that she covered the top of the shelves and I covered the bottom so she wouldn't have to bend down. Mm-hmm. So then that's how everybody did it. And so she would always be surprised when people would be like, okay, I'll get the top, you get the top shelves, I'll get the bottoms. And she's like, you spoke to Shanice, didn't you? <laughs> Aww. Yeah. She was a sweetheart. She is such a sweetheart. I love her so much. <laughs> that's how we met. And we've been friends ever since. And I've watched oh, you grow. In- yeah. <laughs> so talking about things that changed our life, um, is there a yeah. book that ever changed your life? Yeah, so my pick is, you're probably going to guess it, um, it's Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. I knew. And Saffron Fowler. <laughs> <laughs> so this book, like, you know when you pick up a book and it's at a time of your life that you need it and you don't know that you need it? I feel like this is the book for me. Um, so this is the one that I would always recommend, like whenever someone wanted a recommendation, um, or if someone like was getting to know me and they wanted to like bond over a book together, this is the one I would recommend. I don't know how many people I forced in the end to read this. You forced um, me to read it recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think yeah, a few people had to had to read it because I made them. Um, but no, I bonded a lot with a lot of people over this book, and it brought even my brother and I closer because he's not a reader. I don't know if your sister is, but I'm like the only reader really in the family um so i made him read this book and he actually finished it and we bonded over that um someone i was dating i made them read this and they would like send me their favorite quotes as um as they were reading it so that made me like this person even more (laughs) um but yeah it's like i still think about some of the quotes from the book and um how many times have you read it that is a great question. I was just about to say that I used to reread it at the beginning of every year since I read it. I stopped doing that for a few years now, but I want to say I've read it at least four or five times. Um, but I want to, I want you to share your, your book, but I'm going to find a quote from this one that I always think about. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Find it. Um, go ahead. I also read that book. But it wasn't as life changing as it was. But I mean, no, I, I like know. that I read it. Yeah, I like that I read it. I it was a good book, <laughs> right? So, um, one book that has ever changed my that has changed my life, and I think uh, my sentiments are exactly with yours. 
that like mm-hmm. when you pick up a book and it just came at the exact like moment that you needed this book so the book that changed my life was uh, she slipped and fell by Shonda and mm-hmm. it, like I think I have was just going through like through it and this book just really um it really helped me so it's about um two girls that were friends in high school and they go into college and they meet and a lot of things happen between them like they start a relationship and then after um college or like during the last years of their um their undergrad they had grown apart and like it tells the story about how they came together and so I guess it was like the hope of this this um novel that like brought me like into like feeling better about what was going on in my old life but yeah I really love this book I rec I read it every year as well so I've read it for the past yeah I I think I've read it for the past seven years so I read it like seven times or probably a little bit more because I think I've read it two times in one year so Yeah. yeah It's a really good book though. I I don't I don't recommend it often because I I don't know, it's something that's just between me. I don't want nobody to know about this. <laughs> I don't know. Cuz I don't want anybody to tell me that they didn't like the book or, I know, or something. That's the biggest fear for me when I recommend right. a book is like, "Oh, you better like it." Or right, because <laughs> when you had told me this was your favorite book and like yeah. I didn't like it, I felt like I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I just didn't really like it." You know? Mm. No, I get it. Yeah, but this book for me, I own at least five different copies of it. <laughs> so I have... You would. Let me explain. Let me explain. So I have yeah. the, the first cover that came out. I have the movie cover, even though I hate it, but someone gave it to me. Like, oh, you should have another copy. And I'm like, all right. Um, I have a, an exclusive edition that came out in hardcover. And then as I was traveling, because I, I read this book when I was studying abroad... So mm-hmm. I would go to bookstores and try to find a different cover of the same book. This is so nerdy, I can't even deal. Um, so I would get like, I got the UK cover and I got, um, I want to say another cover from Italy. But yeah, I have I have at least five of this book. It's you also have a lot of co- uh, copies of Harry Potter, right? Like the different versions of it. I do. Yeah. That's yeah, just the have... thing you do. It is. I love it. I used to do it a lot more when I could travel, but now I can't. <laughs> right. But I have different covers of Harry Potter, To Kill a Mockingbird, um, and um, and this book, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. And I found the quote that I always okay. think about, and it's, Sometimes I can hear my bones straining under the weight of all the lives I'm not living. I think about it all the time. <laughs> that was actually a good line. I can say that with that book, like the grief that he felt, Dude, yeah. That's something that was written so well. I felt it so much because at that time... When, like, I've never read another book like that. Right. Just, well, yeah. no, that's not true. Like, you need to read <laughs> this book that will make you feel that way. Which one? Uh, it's called... I just read it. Hold on. It's called... Uh, hold on. I'm, I'm going to pull it up because, like, you have to read yeah. it. Like, and I don't really read grief that well, like, because, um, you know, I felt it. Like, I lost my mom. Mm-hmm. So when somebody mm-hmm. does grief really well, I feel, I'm like, yo, that is just perfect. And yeah. even though I didn't really like the book, I really love the grief aspect of it. I felt all of his pain. It was, it was, oh. like, very well written, you know? Yeah. So the book that um, also had this, the same type of um, feelings for me was We Are mm-hmm. Okay by uh, Nina LaCour. Oh, the one that you bought recently. That book 
the grief wow. of it was just amazing. I, I felt it. I was just like, wow. She loses her grandfather, and it was just, it was just like. Mm-hmm. But then she reminisces about losing her mother as well. So it's like that mm-hmm. double. It was just really good. I really wow, recommend that book too. Yeah. We are okay by Nina Lacour. Really pick it up. You also need to read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, guys. That's our little reintroduction. Yes, it was long. <laughs> it was. I hope you guys uh, know us a little bit more now. And if you have any questions. Or want us to discuss more stuff about ourselves, we can. Um, but now it's my favorite part, which is Shanice sharing her poetry. Oh, I yes. I always love when you do this. Um, so, yeah, usually at the end of the episode, I'm gonna remind everyone. Um, Shanice either picks up my next read or she reads one of her awesome poems. So, whenever you're ready, Shanice. Yes, and this is the poem that Vina really likes. It's called um, How to Be Eaten by a Butterfly. Yeah, (laughs) it is her favorite poem. So, um, actually, uh, yeah, How to Be Eaten by a Butterfly. Become vulnerable without apology. There is no use for cover-ups, masks, the poker face. Do not flinch when skinny legs land on your upper thigh. I know you are squeamish against such fragile things, but be stone stomach clear throat no need for vomiting now lay under your memories try to think beautiful as she starts to pick little clumps of your flesh and stuff it into her mouth let her be gluttony remember your mother's best smiles put them into categories this will take a while it has been three hours since when the butterfly invites her friends over to the festival of your body do not tense as she picks at pieces that has never been whole touched love think your mother's death Her friends came to cry with you. When your ex-girlfriend drove miles just to kiss you, do not let them take your lips clenched. Your body was a skyrocket. Afterwards, you hid your mouth, knew it it was only a kiss to her, so why want more? Those are things you only admit to your notebook. There's a rabble of butterflies eating away at the Natalie of your chest. It is a matter of hours before they squeeze themselves between rib bones and find your heart be patient. It is all over soon. Look for your sister in the clouds, her thunderbolt mouth, the way she wore the child's honesty. Remember how right you feel as she hugs you. Believe the armor picking at you is just her presence and go with your mother peacefully. That is it. Wow. It's still so good. Um, thank you, Shanice, for sharing. We no problem. As usual. <laughs> um, oh, and let them, let them know about the idea that we're doing for April. Oh, yes. So April is Rimo, which is National Poetry Writing Month, and I write 30 poems in 30 days. So me and V was just, you know, chatting about books <laughs> like we do. That's why we got this yeah. podcast. Um, so I was thinking that uh, I give Levina a list of books, um that I have read and she picks out uh, what is it eight covers or eight Mm -hmm. books and so I write poems inspired by the book covers and so those could be a part of my Naples Rimo journey because I write 30 poems in 30 days and I need ideas guys (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be so fun we're gonna share it on Instagram so people can vote yes and um yeah I'm excited so it's gonna be a (laughs) weekly thing where Vina posts it every 
I don't know, whatever date she decides. <laughs> like, maybe it's Monday, mm-hmm. maybe it's Tuesday, maybe it's Friday. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll decide. You get to vote, and hopefully they're beautiful covers so that you're inspired. <laughs> yes, and, I have to pick beautiful covers. You share, <laughs> share the poem with us uh, on the podcast. Yes. So what I'll do is I'll share one poem. Um, so like, cause we do this podcast bi-weekly, I'll share mm-hmm. two poems on the podcast and two poems we could just post on the on Instagram. Yeah. Sounds good. Yep. All right, guys. That's our episode. We sorry yes. we took a little bit of a break. <laughs> it was unplanned. <laughs> Life got crazy, but we're back to being bi-weekly, and um, yeah, I'm excited for the books that we're reading. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. Oh, and let us know if you want um, any more questions answered or if you have questions. Yeah. We could do like a little fire round. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Think of questions, guys. Let us know. All right. All right. Bye, guys. That's the show. Bye. That's it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>